Essentials to Service Sympathy God desires to unite His workers by a common sympathy, a pure affection. It is the atmosphere of Christ-like love surrounding the soul of the believer that makes him a savor of life unto life and enables God to bless his efforts. Christianity builds no walls of separation between man and his fellow man, but binds human beings to God and to one another. Mark how tender and pitiful the Lord is in his dealings with his creatures. He loves his erring child and treats him to return. The father's arm is placed about his repentant son. The father's garments cover his rags. The ring is placed upon his finger as a token of his royalty. And yet how many there are who look upon the prodigal not only with indifference but with contempt. Like the Pharisee, they say, God, I thank thee that I am not as other men. Luke 18, 11. But how, think you, does God look upon those who, while claiming to be co-workers with Christ, while the soul is making a struggle against the flood of temptation, stand by like the elder brother in the parable, stubborn, self-willed, selfish? How do we enter into sympathy with Christ on that which should be the strongest bond of union between us and Him? Compassion for the depraved, guilty, suffering souls, dead in trespasses and sins. The inhumanity of man toward man is our greatest sin. Many think that they are representing the justice of God, while they wholly fail of representing His tenderness and His great love. Often the ones whom they meet with sternness and severity are under the stress of temptation. Satan is wrestling with those souls, and harsh, unsympathetic words discourage them and cause them to fall a prey to the tempter's power. We need more of Christ-like sympathy, not merely sympathy for those who appear to be faultless, but sympathy for poor, suffering, struggling souls who are often overtaken in fault, sinning and repenting, tempted and discouraged. We are to go to our fellow men, touched like our merciful high priest, with a feeling of their infirmities. Ministry of Healing, pages 163-164. Subheading, Integrity. Men have tried courage and strong integrity are needed for this time. Men who are not afraid to lift their voices for the right. To every laborer, I would say, in all your official duties, let integrity characterize each act. All tithes, all monies entrusted to you for any special purpose should be promptly placed where they belong. Money given for the cause of God should not be appropriated for personal use with the thought that it can be replaced later on. This the Lord forbids. It is a temptation from the one who works evil and evil only. The minister who receives funds for the Lord's treasury should give the donor a written receipt for the same with the date. Then, without waiting to be tempted by financial pressure to use this means for himself, let him deposit it where, when called for, it will be forthcoming. Subheading, Union with Christ. A vital connection with the chief shepherd will make the under-shepherd a living representative of Christ, a light indeed to the world. An understanding of all points of our faith is essential but it is of still greater importance that the minister be sanctified through the truth he presents. The worker who knows the meaning of union with Christ has a constantly increasing desire and capacity to grasp the meaning of service for God. As knowledge enlarges, 
For to grow in grace means to have an increased ability to understand the Scriptures. Such a one is indeed a laborer together with God. He realizes that he is but an instrument, that he must be passive in the Master's hands. Trials come to him, for unless thus tested, he would never know his lack of wisdom and experience. But if he seeks the Lord with humility and trust, every trial will work for his good. He may sometimes seem to fail, but his apparent failure may be God's way of bringing him true advancement. It may mean a better knowledge of himself and a firmer trust in heaven. He may still make mistakes, but he learns not to repeat these mistakes. He becomes stronger to resist evil, and others reap benefit from his example. Subheading, Humility. The minister for God should, in an imminent degree, possess humility. Those who have the deepest experiences in the things of God are the farthest removed from pride and self-exaltation. Because they have an exalted conception of the glory of God, they feel that the lowest place in a service is too honorable for them. When Moses came down from the mount after forty days spent in communion with God, he did not know that his face shone with a brightness that was terrifying to those who beheld. Paul had a very humble opinion of his advancement in the Christian life. He speaks of himself as the chief of sinners, and again he says, Not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect. Philippians 3.12 Yet Paul had been highly honored by the Lord. Our Savior declared John the Baptist to be the greatest of prophets. Yet when asked if he were the Christ, John declared himself unworthy even to unloose his master's sandals. When his disciples came with the complaint that all men were turning to the new teacher, John reminded them that he was but the forerunner of the coming one. Workers with the Spirit are needed today. The self-sufficient, satisfied with themselves, can well be spared from the work of God. Our Lord calls for laborers who, feeling their own need of the atoning blood of Christ, enter upon their work, not with boasting or self-sufficiency, but with full assurance of faith, realizing that they will always need the help of Christ in order to know how to deal with minds. Subheading, Earnestness. There is a need of greater earnestness. Time is fast passing, and men willing to work as Christ worked are needed. It is not enough to live a quiet, prayerful life. Meditation alone will not satisfy the need of the world. Religion is not to be a subjective influence in our lives. We are to be wide awake, energetic, earnest Christians, filled with a desire to give others the truth. People need to hear the tidings of salvation through faith in Christ, and by earnest, faithful effort, the message is to be given to them. Souls are to be sought for, prayed for, labored for. Earnest appeals are to be made, fervent prayers offered. Our tame, lifeless prayers need to be changed to petitions of intense earnestness. Subheading, Consistency. The characters of many who profess godliness are imperfect and one-sided. These show that as pupils in the school of Christ, they have learned their lessons very imperfectly. Some who have learned to imitate Christ in meekness do not show his diligence in doing good. Others are active and zealous, but they are boastful, they have never learned humility. Still others leave Christ out of their work. They may be pleasing in their manners. They may show sympathy for their fellow men. Their hearts are not centered on the Savior, 
and they have not learned the language of heaven. They do not pray as Christ prayed. They do not place his estimate upon souls. They have not learned to endure hardship in their efforts to save souls. Some, knowing little of the transforming power of grace, become egotistical, critical, harsh. Others are plastic and yielding, bending this way and to that to please their fellow men. However zealously the truth may be advocated, if the everyday life does not testify to a sanctifying power, the word spoken will avail nothing. An inconsistent course hardens the heart and narrows the mind of the worker and places stumbling blocks in the way of those for whom he labors. Subheading, The Daily Life. The minister should be free from every unnecessary temporal perplexity that he may give himself wholly to a sacred calling. He should be much in prayer and should bring himself under discipline to God that his life may reveal the fruits of true self-control. His language should be correct. No slang phrases, no cheap utterances should fall from his lips. His dress should be in harmony with the character of the work he is doing. Let ministers and teachers strive to reach the standard set forth in the scriptures. Let them not neglect the little things which are often looked upon as of no moment. Neglect of little things often leads to neglect of larger responsibilities. Workers in the Lord's vineyard have the example of the good in all ages to encourage them. They have also the love of God, the ministration of angels, the sympathy of Jesus, and the hope of winning souls to the right. They that be wise shall shine as the brightness of the firmament, and they that turn many to righteousness as the stars forever and ever. Daniel 12, 3.